The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology, faster than thought possible, to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. A funny thing happened on the way to the show today. The whole planned show sort of fell apart. It started out with great intentions. Had people lined up, ready to talk about, of course, this ongoing uh, discussion that we're having about college admissions. And of course, the indictments that came down yesterday. But it all sort of fell apart. I'll explain what happened in just a little bit. Also, a conversation that I had a few days ago with Louis Pisker, who's the CEO of Wayne Metropolitan Community Action Agency. This is an organization that is involved in a ton of stuff in Wayne County. We'll talk a little bit more about what their role in the community, what they're doing to help folks, and uh, really what their mission is. It's pretty important stuff. That's all coming up on the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Stay with me. Hey, thanks for being here, everybody. I do appreciate it. And, I, and I've got to start out with this. I, I had a whole thing planned today. If you listen to yesterday's podcast, you know that I was talking a little bit about, of course, the indictments that came down yesterday on the people that were basically cheating their way and getting their kids uh, into these elite schools around the country, whether it's USC, Stanford, Yale, places like that. A number of people involved in this, including some athletic coaches at some of these colleges, parents paying bribes, having other people take the tests for their kids in some circumstances, all in an effort to cheat the system and get their kids into these elite universities. Now, yesterday, I spent my time talking to the parents themselves and suggesting that, you know, your kid going to an elite college is not the be all end all or the end all be all, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter that much. Your kids can be successful without it. And if they're not meant to be there, they're not meant to be there. And it's okay. It is not a reflection on you. And if somehow, if your self-worth, if your self-worth is determined by what your kids do, then you know what? Maybe you haven't done enough with yourself. Or maybe you're just not appreciating what you've actually accomplished yourself. There's some problems there. Cheating the system keeps somebody who's deserving out of that institution. That's not something that we can stomach. Now, what I wanted to do today is actually dig into this process a little bit more. And I've had a number of people that I've spoken to over the years about this whole process, what it takes to get into schools, what kids need to do to be prepared, what parents need to do to make sure that their kids have an opportunity to at least apply to some of these places and see if they can't get in. And it's not necessarily just about elite institutions. It's about any higher learning institution. It's an important part of a kid's life if this is a path that they're choosing to go on, and it's important that people learn how to navigate it. Now, what I wanted to dig into today is the kind of damage that this does to people's perception about that process and how fair it is, and whether or not, indeed, the wealthy wealthy and privileged do have a fast track into these institutions that doesn't exist for normal people. And I think the overwhelming reaction to something like this is to reaffirm people's belief that, indeed, the system is rigged. So I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about which schools are actually taking steps to make sure that that is not the case any longer, because there have been a number of schools that have gone to different systems to eliminate things like legacy, to eliminate things like people being able to buy their way into schools, or just because your grandfather's name is on a library doesn't mean you automatically get acceptance. Those are things that a lot of these institutions are struggling with and trying to figure out. Some of them are doing better than others. And I wanted to talk a bit about that. I also wanted to talk about the process for for parents and what is a realistic expectation 
or whether or not your kid is going to get into one of these institutions. A realistic look at whether or not they're good enough. And when I say good enough, that doesn't mean they're a bad person. But from a grades perspective, from an activities perspective, whatever, what's realistic? What does it really take to get into some of these places if you're just a normal kid who is out there working their butt off? That's what I wanted to dig into today. But I didn't get an opportunity. And it was really kind of strange because, like I said, I've had a number of people over the years that I've spoken to about these things at a lot of different institutions, both the high school and collegiate level. Admissions officers, counselors, people like that. A lot of them over the years that I've talked to about this. I called them all today. And interestingly enough, none of them were available. Now, I'm not blaming these individuals. I'm not suggesting that they don't want to talk about these things. They all did, as a matter of fact. Because they all have ideas on how the system could be improved. They all have ideas on things that would make this more fair and more equitable and give more people an opportunity to shine. And I know that that's what all of these people want. These are people I know and trust. It's the institutions that they work for that are all scrambling right now to figure out how they want to respond to this. Because granted, only a few schools were named in this. And the schools themselves, we don't know what level of involvement they had other than a couple of the athletic coaches at some of the institutions. Is this something that the academics uh, and admissions offices knew about? Or the athletics offices knew about? Well, we don't know all the answers to that yet. And a lot of that's going to come out in, in court testimony. But I have a feeling that most schools don't. And the thing is, every school's got its own policies, its own, its own admission system, its own reasons and rationale for accepting certain students and rejecting others. There is no centralized sort of system that measures these kids. Every school has its own way of doing things. And so every school is figuring out right now how they want to respond to this. And so nobody was available to talk to me today. And I'm not going to put somebody out there or name anybody because I don't want anybody getting into trouble, lose their job for speaking out at a time when they maybe want to, but aren't in a position to do so yet. So we'll stay on this. And as soon as some of these people figure out whether or not they actually are going to be able to talk to me or these institutions were going to allow somebody from their organization to talk about how they are handling this type of a situation and whether or not they're examining their own policies to make sure that they're ensuring fairness in the process, we will follow up on that because I do think it's important, especially as we enter this world and are dealing with a situation where we're telling people right now that you've got to get some post-secondary education if you want to do something with your life. If you cannot instill confidence in people that what you're doing is based on fairness and merit, then people are not going to have faith in the system. Now, we've long known, long known that some of these institutions have accepted legacy students, donations matter, all that kind of stuff. But a number of institutions are trying to change it. I want to highlight some of them as well going forward because some people are doing the right thing. So anyway, that's what happened today. I had it all planned out. I had a number of guests. It was going to be good. And all of a sudden, it just sort of fell apart. But I will not give up on it. We'll keep talking about it. Thank you for listening. I've got a little bit more coming up. Some other cool conversations I've had recently coming up after a break here on The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. One-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor, and The Trip, wise relationship advice with hosts Megan Slattery and Tracy Evans. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news.
This is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Thanks for being with me today. And, of course, this interview is being done at the Detroit Regional Chamber's annual Detroit Policy Conference. I've been talking to all kinds of people today from different walks of life, different disciplines, different skill sets. Joining me right now is Louis Pisker, who's the chief executive officer at the Wayne Metropolitan Community Action Agency. And if you don't know about them, you need to know that they are deeply involved in just about anything that families are dealing with in our region. Louis, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. And it's always great to talk about all the great services um, that Wayne Metro provides. Well, and you guys do provide a lot of services. I don't think people realize just how many fields you guys operate in. Again, there's healthy human services issues. There's housing security issues that you deal with. You do a little bit when it comes to mental health and so many other things in the community. But I think you could do a better job of describing it than I can at this point. Okay. Well, thanks. Yes. Yeah, so, so um, like, you know, I think we're like one of the best kept secrets, you know, in Wayne County when it comes to, you know, providing high quality human services to vulnerable people and people in need. And uh, first off, our service area is Wayne County. We've been the out county community action agency since 1971. And through the, um, the start of the bankruptcy in the city of Detroit, we started providing services in the city probably in around 2015 and, and got the Community Action Agency designation in 2016. But what, what we do and what we're about, we're an anti-poverty program. We're part of the War on Poverty. Um, we're designated as a Community Action Agency. And what does that mean? So we program to the causes and conditions of poverty and try to elite those in the communities that we serve. And we do that through three main areas. One is youth and family services, which I'm sure you're familiar with Head Start, sure. um, early Head Start, um, and after-school programming for at-risk youth, community gardens, a diaper bank. Um, a which lot, is a huge deal, which, uh, by which the is way. A huge, right, it is. So diaper bank, community baby showers. So that's just one area. The second area is um, community and economic development, weatherization, home rehab, builder of affordable housing, um, financial capabilities, um, foreclosure prevention, um, help, you, help, you save, um, help you save your tax return with some matched funding, how to get your credit score up, how to get ready to buy a home. That's, that's in our community and economic development department. And then the last department we have is basic needs, and those are more of the emergency services. If you need utility assistance, if you need water assistance, if you're homeless, you pretty much come through, the, come through that door. We have a, you know, a no, no wrong door entry point for services at Wayne Metro. I, that is a massive undertaking that you have. It's a huge umbrella of things that you guys are dealing with here. Talk about organizing it all, prioritizing it all, and, and how you keep that stuff together, because it seems that with that many missions, it might be easy for one of them to sort of slip yeah. through the cracks just a little bit. How do you yeah. prevent that? Well, I mean, we always have a lot of balls in the air, but I think that that's what makes Wayne Metro unique. As a community action agency, we take a look at, you know, what are the concerns going on in the neighborhoods and in the communities that we serve, and we try to program to that. And, and poverty is not, there is no silver bullet um, to get a family or an ind individual um, to... Um, moving forward in economic mobility when we're trying to empower people and you need a lot of tools in the toolbox to do that. So we have, to answer your question, we have about 400 staff. Um, you know, we have a, a budget that exceeds $40 million annually. But you're serving thousands of and people. And we service thousands of people. And the need is great. We, we have a call center. Um, that's one way we sort of track everything is, and, and we derive data from is what are people calling about and what do they need and are we making sure that our programs and services are meeting the demand and are we listening um, to the needs of the community. So in our call center alone, Craig, last year alone we fielded 125,000, 125,000 um, individual calls for service. 
And also in our basic needs area, I forgot to mention, is water. Mm -hmm. um, we are, we administer the uh, RAT program, the, the Water Residential Assistance Program for the Great, Ra Great Lakes Water Authority. That's a large regional program, and we have some partners in the Community Action Network that help us do that also. You know, Lewis, it, it's just, there's, there's so many different problems that we're dealing with when it comes to getting people out of poverty. And there is no one-size-fits-all approach to this. You have to be individualized. Right. That's got to be a huge challenge because, again, everybody's coming into this with different problems, different issues that they're dealing with. You can't just shove everybody into the same program right. and say it's going to work. How do, you, how do you sort of manage that? You know, that, that's, a, that's a good question. And, you know, in order to keep up with demand, in order to meet the needs of our clients, you know what, we've, we've embraced the use of technology. What, regardless of your economic background, one common denominator that we all have, if you can believe it, and I'm sure you, is a cell phone, is being connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. And being connected to the internet, I believe in the long run, can, in a, can, create, some, can create economic mobility. So when you're coming in for an appointment, um, and we get an appointment scheduled for you to do an assessment, you know, we'll send you a, we'll send you a text reminder. We'll, we'll tell you, we'll send you a reminder embedded in that text what documents you need to, to be ready for your appointment. We'll ask you through that, through that text, are there any other services you might need? And so we'll, we are communicating th through texting, um, and it, we're having, it's having a great impact on our results. Um, last year alone, and it keeps rising, we've gone from 60,000 texts to 90,000 texts, and people are responding to our text. Well, that's we are fantastic. Do, we are doing more things remotely and online through cell phones than we ever have in the past. Well, you, you said something earlier in this conversation that I want to get to that, I mean, look, this is an organization, you, you do get some some support from, from units of government, mm -hmm. obviously, yep. because you've taken on a much larger role. That's right. something that happens. But you are a nonprofit. Yes. You're relying on, on the public to do this. You yep. called yourself the best kept secret. How do you elevate that profile so that more people are there? Because you guys are doing so many different things, and they right. all need different levels of support. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think, our style and our culture at Wayne Metro that, you know, we keep our administrative rate low, about 94 cents on every dollar that comes Th into that's Wayne unusual. Metro. It is. And that's one of the reasons maybe why people don't know us, because we don't have a large advertising budget, and I don't have the staff dedicated there. I mean, we keep our heads down, and we try to put as much of your tax dollar back into the community to get a result. So the offset of that is a lot of people don't know us, but the people that in need in that community, they do know us. Elected officials know us. Community leaders know us. So when people you know, are in trouble, they can, they can send to Wayne Metro. But we do have an event coming up. And yeah. I could, if I can put in a shameless plug. Well, you plug, got the Masquerade Ball yes, coming up here. Yes, I got the Masquerade Ball. It's at the old Tiger Stadium site, um, Police Athletic League. It's, uh, it's the Motown Masquerade Ball. And it raises dollars for people that fall through the cracks. That people that need assistance, they're facing like a one-time emergency. They don't meet the requirements for maybe some sort of federal assistance. But they're our friends and neighbors. And those dollars are unrestricted. And it helps us meet that need. Well, and again, that's coming up on April 5th. Yes. And so uh, how do people get to tickets first of all we can we can do that here how do they get oh, them? well all you got to do is go to our website waymetro.org w-a-y-n-e-m-e-t-r-o.org there'll be a banner up on our website click on motown masquerade ball It'll take you right to that page and you can get tickets it's a great party and it's a uh it, it, it's a party. It's it's it's. Uh, it, there's no high pressure fundraising that we do at the site. So just well, come I mean, and have a good time. Look, I was a longtime public radio guy. I understand the importance <laughs> of fundraising, but at the same time, you know that funding that comes from the government is critical for, for you is. doing what your for doing your mission. 
Um, where are we right now when it comes to the government's understanding of what your needs are, how much they're coming through with for these services? Is it keeping pace with inflation? Is it keeping pace with the need that's in the community? Well, I, I would, you know, I, Wait, I, I don't want you to dog anybody, so I don't want <laughs> no, you to get in trouble. But no, it is important to know no, whether or not it's meeting the needs. I, I'll, I'll say this um, to answer your question as politically correct as possible. One, there's there's always more demand. Um, and more need than we have funding for. That, that's, that's just a given, and I think any human service leader will, will come in and say, and say the same thing. I, I think what's unique about Wayne Metro and community action, um, and I'll get to your question, is, is, is this board structure. You know, we have a tripartite board, so we have members on our board that are actually users of our service. They're elected officials, and they're people from the business community. So when you have that leadership mix, it creates a lot of bipartisan support for us in Congress. So regardless on like on what side of the aisle um, you sit on or, or whether you're, you're liberal or conservative, because of the grassroots nature of our organization and because of our low administrative rate, we usually do pretty well with federal appropriations, regardless of who's in power. Well, you know, I've got to ask you about the importance of having people that actually utilize the services being on the board. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that perspective and what they bring to the table, because that level of understanding and empathy, I guess, it's, makes a big difference. You know what? That's what makes us unique. It's super powerful because a third of our board are members of the community that actually, you know, utilize our services. And so when they're sitting there talking about crime, blight, um, lack of affordable housing, transportation issues. They're living it. Right. And right across the table or right next to them is, the, is, is a mayor or a city council member or a Wayne County commissioner and then a business leader. That's a pretty powerful mix. And, and, and our, uh, you know, that eclectic mix of people on our board is the strength of why we're so successful is because I think we're always connected to the community through that structure, and it provides great governance and great direction for me to make sure that our team members are living out the mission of what we're supposed to be doing. And that is, I think, a, a huge strength of Wayne Metro. Well, Louis Pisker, my guest right now, again, CEO at Wayne Metropolitan Community Action Agency. Most people know him as Wayne Metro. Yep. Uh, you've got the Masquerade Ball coming up on April 5th. Again, that's waynemetro.org is the website to go there to get more information, again, about the programs, and maybe you need their help. Go there for information about that as well. Uh, but coming to a conference like this one, what do you need to accomplish here? Uh, and, and so what's what's important for you to do while you're here? What's important for me to do while I'm here is to go back to your the great question you asked me earlier, is make sure that people that need to know who, what Wayne Metro is all, all about do. So I am here advocating and being an ambassador for vulnerable people in Wayne County and letting elected officials know, business leaders know, um, you know, what's going on out in the community, what's going on in neighborhoods, what people truly need, and that we're a resource to help. And that, uh, that the investments that they make into human, human service programs, such as the ones that we operate and run, are making, a di are making a difference. And I invite people to events. We showcase clients all the time. Is that message getting through, do you think? Because, look, there, there was... We went through a period where there were a lot of people just sitting there saying, hey, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and everything's going to be fine. I mean, look, I, the success of these programs is something that I think most people get. Are the politicians getting it? I mean, you know, some do and some don't. And others are harder nuts to crack um, than others. But I find that if by, you know, the nature of what we do, and if we can, and we, we do have good success, like when we invite an elected leader to an, one of our events that are showcasing clients, we get really good high response rates. You know, people are intrigued about what's going on at Wayne Metro. And um, when we can get an elected official at one of our events, 
um, and they can hear some testimonials of clients, hear and, and feel the energy that our staff have about what they're doing on a daily basis. You know, we, we win people over. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, it's, it's, it's a journey and it's a process, but I believe, you know, we're on the right track. I'm always hopeful. You know, I'm always hopeful. Well, you have to be. <laughs> you have to be. So I'm always, I'm always hopeful. I, I always think the future is, is brighter than the past. And, um, and uh, I, I, I think our energy comes through, and I think we, we end up winning people over. All right. Well, Lewis, we'll have to end it right there. Lewis Pisker, CEO at Wayne Metro Community Action Agency. Pleasure to talk to you once again. It's been a while. Yes. And uh, keep up the good work. Well, I really appreciate you having me on board or having me here on the show. And thanks a lot, and love to come back. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. This is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Hey, thanks for listening to the Craig Folly Show on this Wednesday. Certainly do appreciate it. Hey, some good news. We may actually hit 60-something degrees tomorrow. It's been probably since late October, early November that we're anywhere near that number. It will be fleeting, but it does look like the weather is going to sort of uh, stabilize a little bit and start seeing temperatures in the 50s more and more often, which I'm looking forward to and I'm sure you are as well. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. Lots to talk about then for sure. Some interesting stuff going on around town tomorrow, including a big rally for some uh, some Trump supporters. It's going to be going on at Kobo tomorrow. We might talk a little bit about that on Friday. We shall see, among some other things that we're going to do. So anyway, make sure you tune into the Craig Folly Show tomorrow, found wherever you find podcasts. Certainly do appreciate you listening, and we'll talk tomorrow. Thanks. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.